Da na 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 na. Weehoo! John, it's celebration time, baby. Laramie Tunzel is back. Have you heard about this? You know, Paul Revere had his midnight ride, and uh, I guess the equivalent for us in 2015 is, uh, is uh, <laughs> I guess the spirit was the first to break it on Twitter. The, the Tunzel. News drop, yeah. It's like yeah. Paul Revere's ride. No, I started getting text messages. By the way, guys, what's up? Landshark's After Dark coming at you. You know what it is. You clicked on the link. Justin Sanders, John Stefanzik, you know what we're talking about. Um, I started getting texts, uh, what was that, Tuesday night? I, I got maybe five texts. Monday, Monday night. I Monday can't night. what day of the week it is now. I can't either. It's been a really long week, by the way, um, if you're listening to this. Sorry the episode's late, guys. We, uh, we, we First of all, we pushed back because we wanted to wait until we got Tunzel news. Um, and then so we, we got the news, and then we were like, all right, well, now we gotta now we got to figure out what we're going to say about it. But uh, I'll go ahead and break it down quickly. Got a lot of text. Tunzel is back after the Memphis game this weekend. Seven-game suspension handed down by the NCAA. Um, you know, John, I feel like a lot of Ole Miss fans felt like the whole Tunzel being held out, investigation, all of that was maybe much to do about nothing. Maybe Ole Miss was being overly cautious. Maybe the NCAA was you know grinding an axe because they spent so much time in Oxford. Uh, but I have to say, when I read the actual – you know, violations that, that Laramie um, is being punished for, they're, they're not nothing. Like, they're, they're pretty serious. What, would, what did you think about uh, kind of the improper benefits and the punishment? Do you think it was fitting? What was your reaction? Uh, I think the improper benefits were about a four-game suspension, and then the key sentencing announcement was the fact that he uh, initially lied. So right, exactly. That, that changed everything. Yeah. And you have, I mean, a little bit, you see the David Saunders thing coming out as well from ULL, former Ole Miss assistant, now on Mark Hudspeth's staff. Um, I think Ole Miss, I think they were willing to tack on a couple extra games to the Tuntle suspension to kind of get to – to close the book with the NCAA. They've been around campus for three years now looking for something on the 2013 class, and they have their, um, well, I guess we'll say seven pounds of flesh for, for yeah, you know, a pound games, for each game. Seven games of flesh, yeah, that's fair. So they, um, but they've closed the deal, um, I think, for... Do you think so? That's, a, that's my next question, John, because, you know, Ole Miss fans will have you believe that, you know, it's all over with the NCAA investigation, but if you were to go... To another message board for another fan base, like Elite Dogs, for instance, that's the fan base I'm referencing. Uh, you know, they're convinced that the Tunzel punishment is just the tip of the iceberg, which doesn't make that much sense to me. Given, you know, why come out and clear him after only seven games if you're still investigating? I don't understand that. Do you think it's truly over? If it's not truly over, then I don't really know how to verbal how to accurately verbalize how dumb I think our administration is for not. I mean. But you can't tell me that that should have been more than four games based off past history. And honest, and honestly, if you had had fought the thing and actually, if fighting the thing was your number one priority, you could argue you never would have been suspended. So, well, see, I think I, John, if you recall, I I think I posited this theory maybe a few months ago or one or two months ago. The the problem, and I think the press release confirmed this. Uh, was that Ole Miss and Laramie Tunsil initially went the Tom Brady route where, you know, deny everything, you don't have any evidence, I don't have to tell you anything, I think you're certain, making it all I up. Think certain people, I think, Free, I think Freeze and Tunsil went that route, but then I think compliance, and I don't know where Bjork ever stood on this, I think a, I think a compliance and the admin were on the way we have yeah, to... I, I think that's a, that's a popular rumor, but I don't, there's no substantiation for that. I think the biggest, the biggest problem if you're an Ole Miss fan needs to be with 
whoever at Cannon Motors is responsible for giving the NCAA loaner car receipts. I saw a report to where Ole Miss told Cannon Motors to hand that over. No idea if that's true. The yeah, no, that's that does that does change things. Well, that rumor came from a credible from a credible source. So. So the the um, I mean I mean that this the fact that that exists is just head scratching. So true. We'll, I'm sure we'll, we'll we'll get the details on that when um when staff and person when administration changes come later on down in a few months from now. I mean we might I see we'll probably see some compliance shakeup. I'm sure. I guess my question is we can sit here and talk all day about you know, what the punishment was whatever, but it's handed out. Let's move on. We've had this for seven weeks. How does this impact the team going forward, Justin? What what are your thoughts on that? So yeah, I think I think there's a few different things to look at here. Obviously, it's a uh, it's a big boost to the team when he actually does come back versus Texas A&M. You know, that's a game where Ole Miss really needed him. You know, to go up against Miles Garrett. It's a storyline people have been talking about for several weeks, and it's only going to be talked about more and more leading up to the game. Garrett's one of the best pure pass rushers uh, in the country right now. Larry Tunsil's arguably the best tackle in the country right now. Um, although obviously he hasn't played since breaking his ankle in the Peach Bowl, but uh, it's either, it's either him or Cam Robinson, and can we see Cam Robinson go against Garrett this weekend? So that'll that's be true. that'll be good. I'm excited yeah, about about that good. game for sure. Um, and obviously, you know, it puts um, Fawn Cooper back at right tackle, um, probably somewhere he's a little bit more comfortable. It's where he played all last season, uh, and then that also, you know, it's something that a lot of people have talked about. It strengthens every position down your line because you have. Laramie back at left tackle, moving Fawn to right tackle. That moves Sean Rawlings into your, your third guard spot probably or your backup tackle. Um, you're getting Justin Bell back. Javon Patterson's been really good. Robert Conyers has been good at center outside of some snap issues. He's, but he's been inconsistent. Inconsistent snapping, but that's really it. I mean, there have been no complaints blocking or tempo or anything like that. So I, I think the reason you see Conyers so much – uh, is because Freeze really values the things that he does, and he thinks it's worth the risk of you know that bad snap that we've seen. I think every game Connors has started, but having Larry back brings a lot of energy. One thing I'm a little worried about is um, you know I've seen Ole Miss people saying that getting Laramie back you know, re- rejuvenates the team and makes Memphis less of a trap game this weekend. I kind of think it's the opposite. I think knowing that Laramie's back against A and M kind of makes Memphis even more of a trap game, wherein you're looking ahead big time. Uh, you feel like all your problems are already solved, and then you know you lose the last game without them, and it's, it's it would be a devastating loss. A, a loss in Memphis this weekend takes Ole Miss out of the playoff picture completely. Um, could still win the West, but it would be very very bad for the program right now. Um, so that's what I'm most worried about right now. It's going to be great to have Tunzel back, but there's one more game to win before he's back. So I just don't want him to be distracted. Yeah, I think the scenario or kind of the dynamic you just laid out about this, the team's focus this weekend is really the most fascinating part of this because I don't, nobody ever really thought seven games in their head going into this. We figured it'd be six. He's six back or eight, Memphis. four, six, eight. Those you were kept the numbers. even numbers. Yeah. So the thing is, I mean, my initial thought was this: the team finally says, "You know what? We don't have to sit here and think about this and all this. You know, we can't sit here and complain. We have our guy coming back." I mean, the Freeze has been. I mean, the pre- post game New Mexico State. I was about, I mean, to, I was about to mention he that. He was upset yeah. with focus. Does, is this the kind of the event where the team rally, team comes together and says, "All right, well, not come together, but they everybody says, okay, enough distractions, enough this, enough that. Let's just go out there and pound the crap out of Memphis and dominate." I mean, they. I mean, they absolutely shut them down defensively last year. 
Yeah. Can they come out, get some confidence back with the defense to and execute? Is this, is this, and they knowing that Tunsil comes back and say, "Hey, we need to get our focusing gear for A and M next week, and we and we'll use this as a build as a momentum build." Or they say Tunsil's coming back, we'll be fine next week, and then go right. out there, go through the motion. Because if they don't, they come out sloppy against Memphis. Memphis is going to beat them. I mean, they're a good football team. A focused Ole Miss wins that wins the game comfortably. Well, it's it's not like playing other good teams on our schedule because, with the exception of the game in Starkville, this I mean, I wouldn't say it's going to be the loudest environment. I think it will be the most hostile, and that includes the energy on the field from the other team and the coaching staff. I mean, a six and zero Memphis with a chance to beat Ole Miss in Memphis. Uh, that's about as as Super Bowl as a regular season and non conference game gets in college. Like they're they're going to be beyond pumped. There's no off. there's no cowbells since eleven o'clock. So I don't know how buzzed the fan base is going to be. But they but they will right, be. But do, you, do you understand? I mean, they, do you understand my argument? Have you, have you, yeah, I know what you're saying. Hostile you seen, environment, not just loud. Yeah. Have you seen the uh, t-shirts talking no. about? The, is, it, is it a bear hunt or something like that? Go the hell, Miss, and a beat the school down south. So awesome. it's just, it's kind of the opposite. No, honestly, this is one of those games where if you're an old Miss fan, you get nervous the week before because you can imagine how terrible it would be. But at the same time, after the game's over and you stomp them, you're like, yeah, I'm pretty glad I played them actually because you got to remind them every now and then, uh, you know, their real spot. So we'll see. We'll see how the how the outcome plays for Ole Miss. This is if this Ole Miss team wants to rally and win a championship, they know they got their best player coming back next week. Go out there, make a statement against Memphis, get Tunsil back, back, go block Miles Garrett, and get hot and and go on a run. But that's what it's really. It, it'll be really interesting to test kind of the maturity of the team and their ability to the zone in on Memphis this week. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about that. Um, I think it'll be interesting, too, to see how having Tunzel back uh, changes offensive strategy. I'm not sure that it will because, honestly, Freeze is pretty stubborn when it comes to play calling and stuff like that. Um, although, after the first loss of the season is generally when Freeze uh, you know, is more willing to change things. But If, if we don't see different different scheme different scheme in the running game i think you really have to everybody has the right to get frustrated with the coaching staff well, let's talk it's, about it's let's talk really about some obvious. of the you know we have a few other headlines you're going to hit in this first section that aren't related to old miss but we can talk yeah. a little bit before we move on uh about the different formations that we saw uh in the new mexico state game um it, there was there was it was more amari cooper-esque last year from lane kiffin i think there's there was there were more rollouts it was moving laquan around pre-snap it was uh it was more crossing patterns. I thought it looked promising. Um, that that touchdown that Laquan dropped in the end zone. Uh, I mean, that was easy money for him. I don't, I don't know. Um, I think there could be something to uh, to get Laquan more involved in the game. That was the rumor that was going around last week. Was that you know the offensive coaches had had a come to Jesus moment over using Laquan. So we'll see. You have to imagine with an improved offensive line that only helps. Laquan have more time to get open for Chad to find him. I think Freeze went in the Florida game thinking I can be conservative, let my defense get in, get us in the game, and then go from there. Well, defense gave up plays yep. after the first drive. They fell behind and then couldn't get it going, and then just kind of snowballed from there. He's now understands that he that in order to maximize this what the team's potential, he has to call plays where the offense is is every bit or more important than the defense in terms of. Controlling the game and get, bringing Tunsil back help 
helps helps yeah, to no allow doubt about to do that. that. I mean, having Tunzel gives your offense a lot more capability to control a game to begin with. Anyway, I mean, we saw Ole Miss get beat in the trenches bad against Florida. Um, and, yeah. and, and I don't know if you could say having Laramie back would change the outcome of that game, but it definitely makes things a little bit more fair up front when you go against an SEC defensive line. Yeah, I'll make this real. And I guess this is probably a good transition into Will Greer talking about the, the Florida game. Oh, man. I don't want to hear anybody say that Ole Miss should be given the win if they have to forfeit it for Greer or the idea that, that Florida would have lost if Greer hadn't played. Ole Miss got smoked. I mean, yeah, but I, I, I agree. The hypothetical game is kind of silly in this situation, but I, I'm not ready to say that Treon Harris would have dismantled us like Will Greer did. Well, no, it would have been closer, I think. But Ole Miss got smoked on both lines of scrimmage, and they and Florida would have won that game nine out of ten times with any quarterback out there. The way, the way the way the rest of it went down that night. So before we talk about Greer, obviously that was a big story in college football this week. Pretty pretty uh, interesting, funny developments there. Um, it, do you think that this is the thought I've had? You know, the last few days is it is it fair to say halfway through the season that the defensive line has big been the uh, the biggest disappointment coming into the season based on what we were expecting? I don't think they're a disappointment. I think teams have come in and schemed against them. I think the biggest disappointment is the lack of uh, the linebacker and secondary and really Womack and everybody to adjust to, to adjust to the idea that people are going to people are going to call plays or that min, minimize the impact of the D line. You know they're going to throw the ball short. Play they can't play the inside receiver and they can't tackle. True, that's true. Short of the I mean that to me. I mean the D line. I mean, I mean if they were playing proper third down defense playing covering the guys inside and tackling then you'd say the d-line's doing their job quarterback's got to throw the ball within two seconds there's no threat of getting beat deep on third down but they have but the back end hasn't been able to execute that so we'll i mean with hilton hilton's better at husky he's better closer to the line of scrimmage that's an improvement sounds like tony connor's out for the year i'm gonna assume he's out for the year now based on freeze's lack of confidence and the recovery he i mean it sounds like lsu's the early still be back and feels like feels like the rest of the year so they'll have to make hay make hay with hilton and Wait, so that means but well it doesn't matter because uh tony's a true junior but uh, he'll get a medical redshirt for this year if he ever needed it he'll sounds like he's interested in coming back next year and if he play has is healthy next year then he'll um He'll go pro, so, yeah. Th- but know, but if they don't play him, then he'll he'll get a medical redshirt. But it wouldn't but, matter because he has they're, another they're true year. They're not going to save him for a medical redshirt if he, if he can come back. Oh, they'll use it. That's, yeah, because he, he has a true year of eligibility left anyway. Yeah, if he can come back for the state game or like the play like a playoff game. He, yeah, he, he will. Yeah. Well, yeah. it could be like a Chief Brown last year where he could come back, but he wasn't really effective at all. But. That I mean, I'm not. I'm reticent to assume Tony could come back next season just because. You know, it's almost like I want him to go to the NFL because I get so nervous when guys turn down the NFL and I think come back. Draft stock, though. I, I think I he agree. Can no, so stock. I said. So I said. I'm saying. Um, it, it really changes the defensive outlook for next season if he does come back. It's a yeah. it's a huge piece to build around. In addition to all the young talent we've redshirted and been bringing up a little bit. I mean, having him back there to transition between the 2013 class and the 2016 class would be a huge asset for next season. Yeah, because effectively you only have to replace one safety and not three because Hampton's going to be the starter the rest of the year at a free, so Mm -hmm. that works out. But we we can get get to that later. Yeah, we'll get get to all that uh, later in the season. So, yeah, like I mentioned, we're doing a a few roundup, uh, a little roundup of headlines here. 
Um, John already mentioned Will Greer, Florida quarterback who beat Ole Miss, uh, suspended for one calendar year for uh, illegal substances. Um, do you know, I, I heard it was Ligandrol, and then I also heard Florida saying that it wasn't Ligandrol. It's something you can like buy at GNC or something, but it's still totally banned in like all sports. I don't really know much about it. It's like a muscle growth supplement or something. I don't know either. Um, he got caught. Florida's trying – the appeals to try to get him to where he can at least play all next year and not, not miss the a calendar half, yeah. year. Hon- honestly, I think that would be a fair suspension. Um, he miss the rest of this year. I tell you, that the big question for me – I mean, I mean, in fact, there's probably more of this that goes on in college football than we realize. And my, my question is, is this an isolated thing with Will Greer or was the mystery or, or was the – flu in Gainesville. No, a I, weeks that's ago. what I was about to say. I mean, I I heard a rumor that Will Greer having the flu was actually a failed drug test cover up. This is before the Ole Miss game. I heard this rumor, uh, and then he played against Ole Miss, beat us. I didn't hear anything for a while. I figured, well, I guess yeah. there's nothing to that. But it really seems like at this point, Florida might have internally tested him, found out you know he was positive, and then he has the flu, so you can push fluids all week. Uh, and try to try to get it out of his system before he has to take an NCAA test. I have no idea. That seems like a convenient excuse. I really don't know. Um, but I guess your question would be, uh, if that was what was going on with Greer, what about those 18 other players that had the flu? Are they also, you know, suspect? I don't know. It's it's a very strange situation. I, I haven't seen this happen in college sports. I mean, what what's the best comparison you can make to this? Like, uh, when's the last time something like this happened to a major quarterback at a major program? I can't really think. I of can't anything. think of anything. It's, it's always autographed, but you never you never hear about yeah substances or anything. So I wonder. I wonder if he failed a test multiple times too. That's what, yeah, I think that's what happened. I think he failed the test before the Ole Miss game. So I think yeah. that's the only reason why you can make any argument is because I think the school is by rule supposed to sit him from the first failed test. But uh, McElwain said he didn't even know about it until like four days ago or something. So yeah, some message board had the whole Exactly. Story. Yeah. I, I saw that too. It's just, you know, pleading the fifth essentially, which that's, I don't, you know, that's if I were him, that's what I'd do. Yeah. It's whatever. I mean, if Ole Miss wins out, there's a pretty good chance that, uh, they're going to see a, a will, a will Greerless Florida at Atlanta. So I'd be happy with that. I'd be happy with that. Rematch. Yeah. George is no good. Cause they got smashed this weekend. Um, tenant, Tennessee, well, t- Tennessee's not going to run. Tennessee's the already out of it. They've already lost to Florida uh, and to uh, who they lose to? Uh, Mizzou- no. uh, Arkansas. Florida, Arkansas. I thought they lost an East, another East game too. No, they've only lost two East games. Yeah, right? you're right. Oklahoma. Then Oklahoma's the third loss. So they, um, yeah, they're three. Uh, yeah, and I three. think Georgia. If LSU beats Florida this weekend, then Georgia controls the East still. But well, no, but Florida's. Yes. Florida's going to beat Georgia, probably. We'll see. Yeah, I would think so. We'll, we'll see. The East is that the game? Is that the game that's always in Jacksonville? Yeah, I think Flor- Florida probably should win the East even without Greer's because the East. I is agree. So bad. Yeah, I agree. And just because the two losses that Georgia has, it's just it's it's rough. Um, yep. oh, moving, moving on to yeah. another Florida connection, Steve Spurrier uh, retires immediately, effective Monday night. Um, I guess I'll f- start with my the thoughts on the old ball I, coach. I guess the real—I mean, we knew Spurrier was gonna. I mean, I feel like he was gonna retire. Some, you know, after the season, doing it immediately is, I guess, a little, 
It's a little surprising, but I have no problem with it. I don't know if you do. If I'm South Carolina and I know he's he was going to retire after the season anyway, I think it pretty much I think 9,500 people would have told, would have agreed with that. This gives you six weeks to go find his replacement. And we'll I guess get into that now. But as far as Spurrier's impact on the league, I mean, it's always one of the favorite people to watch. He changed the kind of offensive mindset of the league. Um, made turned Florida into made them from an irrelevant program to a relevant one. Went and doubted in the NFL for a couple of years, didn't work out. Then he chose to come to a – he could have had a top job if he'd wanted it, but chose to come to South Carolina and built a, built a winner, got them to Atlanta. Did not win the league, but beat Clemson a bunch, had three straight 11-win seasons. Um, I mean, really changed the face of the program. It'll be interesting to see if they can maintain his level of success afterwards and who they may go hire from, from a coaching standpoint. I saw something where apparently the, the athletic department's in $150 million of debt, so I don't think they're going the assistant route. But Ooh, ouch. That is that I don't true? Know, I haven't, that's I haven't confirmed that, but that's, I mean, I saw it. If that's, if that's true, then that's a little, Yeah, that's know, disconcerting for South Carolina fan. That's They built that baseball stadium. and I mean, Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. but Interesting. Wait, nevertheless, we wish, I mean, I hope – Gets, I mean, Cor- Lee Corso has had a great career on game day, but we get, or I don't care how you do it, put Spurrier on game day somehow. I mean, Spurrier picking games would be hysterical, and it give him something to do. To it'll maintain. be good. It'll be good. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not really one of those people that's in like the big Spurrier camp. Yeah. You know, I think, I think Spurrier uh, is a lot of fun, and I love his comments and his press conferences and stuff. But I mean, sometimes the stuff he says is is dumb. He's just being a jackass, you know. That was part of his character yeah. was just always being the standoffish thing. And I mean, the thing about Spurrier is, it, you're allowed to do that, and you're allowed to be that when you're winning. But when you're not winning, you just look like a dumbass who you know is putting his foot in his mouth all the time. So you know, obviously, I don't, I don't care if he retires. He's, he's, he's up there in his years. He's done a ton uh, in the football world already. I'm not mad at him for quote unquote quitting on the team or whatever. Like, I don't think the team is going to do any, any better or worse with or without uh, him or the interim. You know, this season's kind of already a wash for them. Um, I just, I, I'm not one of those people that feels like anyone should. Uh, you know, coddle, sparrier, look out for his feelings or anything, just because of the way, you know, he's acted his whole career. He's a, he's been that, that outspoken person. And I think anybody's opinion on him retiring is probably justified. You know, he, he kind of brought it on himself, any of the criticism, but you know, um, respect, respect to Steve, respect to my friend, Chris, who listens to the podcast sometimes, big South Carolina fan. Hope you, hope you all find a good coach. Um, I was telling him Justin Fuente would be, would be a good one. Although I don't know if he's going to go to the East coast. He's more of like a, a Texas recruiting guy. I don't know if there'll be a Texas job open though for him to go. Do. He, and he pro- he probably needs think, to go this year because there's yeah. not a good. I don't think the candidate pool is very good. He probably needs to go this year because he waited last year and because Lynch is probably gone this year as quarterback. He's probably going to go to the draft. Yeah. Um. But I don't know. Fuente could be waiting for like Charlie Strong to get fired or something. I don't know. Yeah, he, but Char- you know, watching. Charles, watching the players react to them winning the game and what exactly. they Exactly. No, he, Charles, he earned himself they, another the season. Players, the players like Charlie, and they'll give him, even if they go, go five and seven or whatever. Well, I think they'll, the players like Charlie because he kicks the players that don't like him off the team. Yeah, but they Texas needed that. Charlie, and they don't have an AD yet to hire a new coach at Texas anyway. Char- well, no, Charlie, and I think beating Oklahoma, you know, is enough for this season. That's really yeah, all he had to Charlie, do. Charlie's a quality coach and should get another year. 
Yeah, I think he will. But you can't you can't bring if in if he if he gets fired, then somebody else he'll get he'll land on his feet just fine with a solid gig. Oh yeah. So, well, if he gets fired, he could go to freaking USC or something. Like he still has a great reputation. Even somebody when, came and made the right offer to him, I think he'd leave Texas. Like you know. Yeah, because that fan base is crazy. It's like the Alabama of Texas, but except they don't win that much anymore. Except they're dysfunctional, and they're and you got to deal with Longhorn Network and just all kinds all of all that weird stuff. Um, so to transition to our last headline, we we're going to talk about CFB stuff. Um, uh, I mentioned USC looking for a new coach. That would be because Steve Sarkeesian has been fired or resigned, who knows, and entered into a residential rehab program for alcoholism. Uh, apparently he was coaching drunk. That's uh, that's, that's uh, he's sounds like he's had an alcohol problem and it was yeah, well for a long known, time. That was the final straw. Pat Hayden took a chance and it didn't work. And I, the, if Pat Hayden survives this, it sounds like he is. That's just that's inexcusable. Yeah, you no, know, I, you know, had a had a hot take from Austin Miller in a group text. The former, yes, yeah, we had Austin on the podcast a couple times. Yeah. So contributor and probably have him on back on again at some point um yeah because he, he, sure he wants to talk he about me, texas he goes you know with all the morality and high ground in the media these days why isn't why aren't people getting on hayden for, for you know making his players be around basically somebody with a disability or a problem and i thought that was a fair point because i mean for whatever people People, I mean, uh, Stuart Mandel, SI, wrote a Pat Hayden should go article, and then the next day tweeted said he's hearing he's going to stay, and I retract that column or whatever. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with when you. When do totally. national writers ever lay down like that? I mean, I want Pat Hayden's status, man. That's pretty, you know. Yeah, pretty- for for real, no, for real. I mean, I I totally agree with you. Um, I think Pat Hayden was trying to act like you know he had no idea, and you know he was a victim in this too when. I mean, if you're the athletics director, the character of your coaches is among the most important things that you can determine. You're like, you have to be able to trust, especially your football coach. I mean, and the USC is a big football program. If you don't know what kind of a person they are or know about you know something that, that big that they struggle with in their life, I don't think you're doing your job as an AD, which I, I think y'all are totally justified in saying that. I mean, it's not like Sarkeesian was a top-of-the-line A-list hire anyway last year. It was kind of a – it's like, oh, it's somebody that knows the program. And then you bring in somebody that's close to the program and has a problem. It's just like – That's true. That's, that's true. A, yeah. it's, a hor- it's, it's a horrible hire. There's no way to defend it. So, but well, I don't hopefully, like what- hopefully they'll bring uh, Ed Orgeron back. To be the interim again, you know he doesn't have any kind of problems. I mean, everybody's speculating if Kelly gets, you know, gets tired or gets the axe in Philly. I don't. It makes you see where they go because everybody thought they were going to hit a home run last time, and then it didn't happen. So we'll we'll see. Like I guess I'm I, I'm just surprised Hayden's still going to be the guy hiring his next coach, which appears what's going to happen. Yeah, so. I agree. How about a how about a hypothetical? Um, Sure. If if Ole Miss was to win out or LSU or A and M and Alabama won out and they still sat at home with only one loss and missed the playoffs and missed Atlanta, um, do you think Nick Saban would enjoy that offseason? Like, how much do you think he'd take? Like, going eleven and one and then still being called a terrible coach all offseason? Do you really think he wants to do that? He's getting up there. Um, do you think? So? I'll tell you the best Saban theory I've heard is actually a. Actually, Jeff Panico, who's up here, you know, up yeah. here in Boston, a 
fraternity brother of ours, for those listening unaware of the connection, he he pointed, he, he proposed this. He goes, Saban to the Colts. Huh. And I was sitting there going, you know, because Pagano's getting fired because yeah. he and Griggs yeah. don't get yeah. along. And who's a better, I mean, there's not really any clear option to replace, like, quality guy to go, that would change jobs. And Saban would come in, have a quarterback, and then build a defense. It'd be about a three- or four-year run to try to go in a championship. I could see that. I don't know if Indy would think think that way. I mean, and I'll give you I'll give you a hot take on yeah. on Saban. You know, I think someone like Saban, it's a really popular opinion that they quote unquote just want to coach that they hate recruiting and they hate all the stuff that you have to do as a college. Oh, he he'd go to TV as I a college coach, that. but right. So that's the that's the argument about a lot of these coaches is that if they could just coach football in the NFL, they'd be so much happier. Well, I think Nick Saban has a big advantage in college because he gets to recruit. Oh, he says, his favorite, he says his favorite thing is able to recruit multiple first-round draft picks. So exactly. It's, it's, I, I think him leaving Bama uh, would have more of an impact on his success rate uh, than people than people think. I mean, we saw it at the Dolphins, although that was a weird situation. But still, I, I think you know having to play by the same rules as every other team in your league would have an impact on Saban's win percentage. That's just me. Not not the the rules, you know, the rec- like just recruiting changes the whole game when you're at a school like Alabama. It's just so easy to recruit there. If you made me pick today where Saban next year, I think Alabama loses one more game somewhere this year, poten- well, potentially. They the Arkansas kept it close. They're inconsistent. They're they're somewhat inconsistent. I although I guess the only team they could really well, either between A&M and LSU do they lose one of those games maybe. What's Surprise me. I mean, ain't him beating this weekend. But it, we'll wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me either. I mean, I think Ole Miss has shown that their secondary still has problems. Yep. I mean, their, their number one cornerback looked like just. I mean, yes, that was a great play by Laquan catching that over Cyrus Jones, but Jones didn't even try. Like, that was like, uh, that was like Auburn and, trying to tackle Fournette. And Arkansas got some pass rush on Coker, and, and AM has the, the strength of their defense is their pass rush. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah, true. What happens there? I think right now, today, I'd say there's a it's a third chance Saban's coaching Bama next year. It's a third he goes to the NFL, and then a third he's on TV. And I, well, I, look, I, well, let me forty percent coaching Bama, forty percent TV, twenty percent NFL. I think the NFL thing maybe if if but the, if he if it was talked presented to him the right way. The only problem with the Colts proposition is Jim Irsay. So I would not want to work for him. He's a disaster. Yeah, so, that's true. Anyway. Um, okay, but yeah, so like like we uh, like we mentioned, a few notable coaching jobs. Keep an eye on South Carolina. Actually, actually, interesting, John. Both USC jobs are open: South Carolina yep. and Southern Cal. Um, and then, wait, what else am I forgetting? Uh, Maryland's open. Yeah, who cares about that? <laughs> well, some people care, I guess. Probably no one listening to this podcast. That's true. Um, there's a there's a few others, but uh, we'll keep up with those as the season goes on. Um, in our next segment, we were gonna. Look at the uh, the AP top ten. Is that the one we want to use, John? Yeah, we'll use AP. Um, and we're gonna go through a little mid season review and uh, kind of see, you know, who's up there, who they have left on their schedule, that kind of stuff. Um, John, do you know when the first uh, playoff committee ranking comes out? Uh, Should be pretty soon, Halloween right? Halloween weekend, maybe. I mean, that's like it after, was... after game eight. Because last year it was, yeah, I think maybe after game eight. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. Because they, they keep it going for a while. The, yeah, yeah, I think after the eight. Well, no. Wait, did it, it came out after LSU and we were still four? Or did? Yeah, it came out after LSU and we were four. Okay, and yeah. Played, 
Yep. Okay, so number one in the AP, uh, no surprise, Ohio State. They're undefeated, they, but they've looked shaky at they times. They screwed around against Maryland, but then they've, they've literally screwed around against like every team they've played. They, it's it's funny because they they don't play anybody that can beat them. But, they, Mich- but still, it's kind of yeah, exactly. It's kind until of until like, Michigan stay in a month. Was that two two years ago? Malzahn's first season when uh, when Ohio State was undefeated until the very last game, and then they yeah. just they just blew yeah. it. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if that happened this season. I'll tell you, they get Michigan State at home. Michigan State's you know a solid opponent. Then they go to the big house. Yeah, and Michigan yeah. is Michigan's making noise this season. Michigan's twelve, so I'll cover them here. Um, uh, the, the, Michigan can play defense this year, and Harbaugh. I mean, Harbaugh gets Michigan State at home this weekend, and then Ohio State at home to close of the year. It's a it, nice schedule. I think they have a shot at winning the league because it, their offense isn't their quarterback's not great, but they have a running back, and they have they have they have a defense, and they have a coach who, I mean. Harbaugh can run. I mean, Urban Meyer is a good coach schematically. Harbaugh is can run laps around him or anybody when it comes to from a strategy standpoint. Does he have enough talent to match up? We'll see. But that Michigan Ohio State game is going to be fascinating in the year. I feel like, and I, I keep, keep waiting for one of Ohio State's quarterbacks to step up and play well. I'm, I'm starting to think it almost doesn't happen because if it hasn't, I mean, if it hasn't happened at this point, when's it going to happen? So we'll see. I'm. I don't think uh, does Ohio State run the table. I'm, I'm tempted to say no. I'm tempted to say Michigan beats them. Honestly, yeah, I think they could. Definitely like, I, I'll, I'll give you a hot take, right? I think Michigan wins the Big Ten. Well, I think that's uh, that's fair to say. The Big Ten has we'll, ups and downs. We'll about Michigan State this weekend because they get them at home because they get the they get the two of them in the big house and they're that team is hungry to accomplish something and they have the right guy and the right attitude to go take sure. this. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I say Ohio State probably doesn't end up in the playoff, but for right now they're uh, in the driver's seat. Number two in the AP top ten would be Baylor, who's put up a ton of points this season. Um, you know, best team they've played is Texas Tech, and Texas Tech have, isn't, isn't much of a defensive team. West Virginia this weekend should be interesting. They haven't played anybody, but I think this is probably the best Baylor team Browse has had. Um, they'll play the, the winner of them and TCU will win the Big Twelve and have a playoff spot. Yeah, no doubt about I think, that. I, I agree. Think TCU's injuries on defense. I think Baylor give Baylor the advantage. That game's not until November twenty seventh, but that's definitely going to be the decider. At it's at TCU. Um, is that the last game of the year? No, they they played Texas after that. Baylor they does. Do. Yeah, because they because they're stupid and don't have a conference championship. So right. that's fr- that's Friday of Thanksgiving weekend, the Baylor TCU game in in Fort Worth. Well, that'd yeah. be good. So that kind of that covers stupid Thanksgiving in Dallas. I could go to a bar and watch that. Be... There you go. So that kind of that's that's two and three Baylor TCU. I I think one of them makes the playoff. Um, just because they're not both going to lose more than two games. Like I. I think Baylor makes the playoff. I agree. I like Baylor over TCU right now because TCU has been hit with a lot of injuries this season, uh, suspensions and whatnot. Um, yeah. Kind of interesting dark horse team at number four. People weren't talking about too much for the year. It was Utah. Um, I don't know much about them, John, but I've heard they're the real deal. Uh, beat Michigan at home. That win's looking good. Um, yeah, that win's looking really they good. They killed Oregon. Uh, they beat Cal this past weekend. I think they're the favorite in the Pac-12, unless you believe in UCLA. No, 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 no. It's definitely them over UCLA. So, and I agree because UCLA has got a, 
I mean, Rosen's talented, but he's young. So, who do they lose? Who do you see like lose to? I miss this. Uh, they lost to Stanford, I think. Arizona State at home. Wow. Hey, oof. Yeah, I think Utah wins the Pac-12. Um, they'll get in the play- Pac-12 champ will be in the playoff, even with one loss. And yeah, because they I, mean, I don't really see a team. I don't, I don't see a definite loss on their schedule, though. I mean, I think they w- they lose a game somewhere and win the league. Um, and the, the Pac-12 is definitely down this year. I mean, any year when Oregon's getting destroyed is not a good year for the Pac-12. Uh, let's see. So Clemson's fifth. They have their Notre I've Dame. I've watched a little Clemson. Yeah, they got that Notre Dame win. Um, let's pull up their schedule. Up, it, it's Dabo, so we'll see. I, I think their schedule is easy, though, isn't it? BC at home. At Miami could be – at Miami's got enough talent to scare people, but uh, they always seem to find Verse, Versus Florida State. See State, so that's a win. They get FSU at home. That'll be kind of the game. And then that's they, pretty much it. Syracuse, should, Wake, South Carolina. Should, should beat FSU, Syracuse, Wake, and South Carolina. Those are three wins. So no, I think I could see a loss left on their schedule between Miami, Florida State, maybe BC or NC State. I could see a loss. They should run the table, though. Um. Yeah, they should. I, yeah, they should. Actually, a lot of these teams should. Think do it this year, just because if you exist long enough, you can accidentally go undefeated. So you're kind of you're kind of writing Ole Miss out of the playoff here. Johns, we've already got Baylor or TCU, Utah, and Clemson. And oh, that's then true. Ohio State has to lose to fall out. Yeah, Michigan, so that – And Michigan, yeah. I mean, LSU's in there, A&M's in there. Yeah, with a, with a one loss. Well, if Ole Miss runs the table – Ole Miss has loss. to beat LSU and A&M. Well, here, here's losses. what's going to happen. A one-loss SEC team gets in over a one-loss Pac-12. Well, I think the winner so, of the SEC championship is going to the playoff unless they have – Three two. losses. Two, uh, two, baby. But if you yeah. win the championship game and have two, I could see you jumping a, real, non, real, a non-champion one-loss team. Real, I could see Clemson losing to Miami and then winning the league. So, like that, or BC or NC State. I mean, they're, they, uh, they probably don't go undefeated. Baylor, the best, the team has the best chance is Baylor. Um, but yes, I mean the Big Ten champ is unless they have endless up with two losses, but I don't think there's enough competition. Good teams behind Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan to make that happen. Uh, Baylor TCU winner of that game's in Utah with and it, so so I think those are those team those two those are all the Big Ten champs in the Big Twelve champ is in. So then you have the ACC, the Pac twelve, and the SEC. Um, if they all the SEC, if the loss column is the same, the SEC team is going to have the first, basically, be the first tiebreaker based off strength of schedule and whatnot. See, so I think, I think Utah could get left out, especially if they, I mean, if if they go undefeated, they won't. But I, I could see that because the because the the SEC is a better league than the ACC and Pac twelve. Yeah, the Pac twelve is bad this year. I think. I think that they definitely put a Big 12 team in to make up for last season. Yeah, exactly. Big 10 is a bunch of TV audience. SEC, SEC is the same SEC way. You can't leave still, out an SEC league, school. The league's not as good as it has been, but it's still but good. You, but it's still better than the Pac-12. If Ole Miss runs the table, they would have beaten Alabama, Tuscaloosa, A&M at home, LSU at home. Um, won a game State in State. Starkville and beat uh, Georgia or Florida in Atlanta. A good Memphis team as well. That would have been. Yeah, I mean, Memphis will probably win 10 games again. They're 6-0 they right won. now. So they're in. It, so the ACC strength of schedule versus Utah, it almost feels like whichever one of those teams goes undefeated gets in. So. Yeah, I agree. I mean, 
I obviously undefeated team isn't getting left out. There's a lot of them right now. Usually, I feel like at this point in the season, there's less undefeated teams. Um, but a lot, a lot of them play each other, like two and three, um, one and seven. Yeah, it's Florida true. Florida and LSU play, so they'll. Um, that's true. Either uh, one of them. A and M and Alabama play. A and M and LSU play. So it'll. Clemson's Clemson and Utah have the cleanest paths, arguably. So, yeah, that's so. true. There's no one really. Yeah. But they have the weakest league, as we mentioned, because they don't have anybody. They, they don't. Play. Well, I, I can see Clemson. I can see Clemson getting left out if they lose a game. If they lose at Miami, I can see them getting left out. Clemson has the Notre Dame win though, and but I'm, Utah has the Michigan win and the only, Arizona win. The only other two Pac-12 teams on here are Stanford, Stanford, UCLA, and Cal State twenty-third. Do we believe Stanford's that any really any good? No, not right? really, not really. I feel, like, I feel like the Pac-12 is the weakest league as I look at this. Yeah, I I agree. They they definitely are. It seems. Well, well, I think they're even with the ACC, but Clemson has no has the Notre Dame win, so that would help them out from non from a non conference standpoint. Mm-hmm. But Utah has Michigan though. Ooh, I know. Wow. Yeah, that's something. So the, to, there's a credit to those two teams. They have good out-of-conference wins that kind of make up for their league being bad. That's the that's interesting. Does the, and then does that make the – do you weight them the same as, like, say, a one-loss SEC team at that point? This, I mean, th- th- this will most likely sort it. I just, I just think it's there's a ninety there's a ninety percent chance that the SEC team in the playoff is the team that wins in Atlanta. That's yeah. that's my yeah. that's yes. my call. I'm calling that. If they have one law, there could be a, no SEC team in the playoff because the, honestly, the the most, rest of the nation would not have a problem seeing that. Oh, no, they, the rest of the nation would love that, but I, yeah, it, would, it would be. I still, you know, as we sit here and talk through this, though, I mean, how in the world do they have a playoff? A fourteen of, of only four teams, five power. Yeah, it's, it's silly. No, no, it needs it needs eight teams like last year. It needs. I mean. I wish they'd do a six because then you give a bye to the first two teams. That would be interesting, but it's all, it, it, then, and then, then the five, argument becomes that it's five, five conference champs and then a wild card. And if you don't win your conference, then you know you know, get the wild card. And if the committee doesn't select who's a wild card, you know, I like that. I like the I like the concept. That I think that the difficult part would be, but become determining which two conferences get the buys each season. Well, you just you have a committee seat them, and you have a committee pick the wild card. Yeah, no, I think it's cool. That's a, it's a cool concept. I like then, it. Um, then, then uh, that way you only add how many games are you adding? Then two. Yeah. You're yeah, two games. See, you still can play. You still have enough BCS bowl games to host all this. You need five bowl games, or or you could play the first round on on uh, somebody's campus, which because that way because the traveling thing, I mean, making somebody travel potentially three bowl games, that's just not going to happen. Uh-huh. That's not gonna be good for ticket sales or anything. So, I mean, I don't know. It, the the, big, the problem is is getting fan bases to travel or potentially three three straight weekends is. Is going to be difficult, but if I just they they have to you have five power conferences. Why in the world don't you have a playoff that can include all of them? So anyway, we'll we will see what happens. I mean, I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe the Pac-12 champions up with two losses, and this all it becomes obvious. But right, yeah. It, it, usually, that seems to be what happens: is all these things become obvious in time, work themselves out. So anyway. 
Um, yeah, for sure. Okay, so this is the point of the show where we normally talk about what happened around the league last week. I don't think anything really happened, though, John. Nick Chubb uh, got injured. That was pretty that upsetting. Was hideous to see. Um, Georgia with another, another just yeah. a loss. I mean, Tennessee really just outplayed him. It's a head-scratcher there. Uh, Alabama beat Arkansas going away. Well, it was a close game for two and a half quarters, and then and then Alabama hit a big pass, and Arkansas knew. That well, I think that's, that's probably going to be what happens to Arkansas a decent amount. I mean, they, yep. they can win a quarter or two, but winning four quarters is going to be tough for a team that couldn't beat Toledo. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, they'll – I mean, yeah, they just don't have it. I mean, especially with the injuries and with the loss, the draft losses, I just don't think they have the depth to. Yeah. Florida had a good win beating Mizzou handily and, and Como. I know Mizzou's not great, but at least defensively they can give you problems. Just remember, be- every, everyone's, everyone's praise for Bielema last season was his teams only get better as the season goes on. This season will be an interesting test of that because I don't see them getting any better. I don't know how they would. Yeah, and Bama got a little let down coming off a bit and just smashing Georgia. You know they were all Oh yeah. Fired well, for that game. It seems like Bama's on a letdown like most of the time they play at home or just play in general. Like usually they're just like, Well, we don't really have to care about this and they still win mostly. Yeah. I don't um, think there's any other No, nah, not that I remember that's worth. I mean L S U beat South Carolina handily. Yeah, so. no one no one's really interested in that. Um yeah. looking at next week, good slight of games in the SEC and around the country. Yeah, my, I'm excited about tomorrow night, uh, when Auburn's traveling to Lexington to play uh Kentucky on a Thursday. That's uh that's, oh, I agree. Let's go Cats. Yeah, for Let's... real. You know I love watching Auburn lose. Yeah, uh, Ole Miss-Memphis is interesting. Obviously, we, we care as Ole Miss fans, but it is an interesting game because, I mean. I mean, it's a good game, I think. If for an 11, if for an 11 does, I'd watch it. On defense, they're, they're going to have a long day, but I, I think they get their heads out of their ass. We shall see. Um, Alabama and A&M is a real fascinating game. I don't know if you have a thought one way or the other. Uh, let's, think, let's, run, let's run some lines. Let's start with Auburn, Auburn minus two and a half. It's tough for me to bet on that because – I want to bet with my emotions, right? I would take Kentucky on that just because I hate Auburn. Uh, but really, Kentucky's been better this year, and it's at home. You, you know, you got to love a home you dog. Trust Sean White to win you a football game. You got to love a home dog uh, on a Thursday. So the reason I say that is I'm, I'm actually typing in bets as we go. So I'm betting on Kentucky. There you go. Stanford um, minus four and a half at UCLA. We can kind of do a little around. We're not. Around we don't, we're not doing Pac-12 lines, John. Cut it out. We do. We do, we do SEC lines. Come on. Okay. All right. Louisiana Tech plus thirteen and a half at Starkville. You gotta, That's you it. gotta lay those points, dude. Yeah, you, you I got, think that. you got to. You got it. Thirteen. Yeah, because over fifteen and a half is down to thirteen and a half. I take that. I take the dogs. Because, exactly. I mean, we we know how Dan Mullen likes to uh, likes to play non conference opponents. And spoiler, it's not close. Is Louisiana Tech the Bulldogs? Or am I making? They that both out? are. They're both the Bulldogs. Yeah. yeah. So I said the dogs. I mean the uh, Bulldog the Maroon, Bowl. Maroon dogs. No, this okay. one is this one is interesting, Johnny. You were saying this a second ago. Uh, Texas A and M uh, getting four points at home against Alabama. That's that's scary. That's a scary. You know, Alabama is only a field goal off the line against. But I mean, I think A and M can legitimately win the game. Um, I'm still afraid to bet against me, especially fifty nine nothing. Last year, you know, that still think, scares me. I think Bama wins a one-score game. And I think it's actually a pretty entertaining. I think both teams are going to put up some decent amount of offense, too. I mean, I think it could be like a 31-27 type game. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it. I think – I agree it'll be a good game. Um, I, I think the only team left on Bama's schedule that 
has a chance is LSU. Just just because it's power on power on both sides of the ball. Yeah. I just I don't know. I I think A and M is is really good offensively. Uh, but I think Bamba's more complete. It's kind of like what I said about Georgia. A and M's D line is good. A and M secondary Lane Kiffin scheming against it's going to be yeah exactly kind of matchup here. Exactly. So that should be a good game. Watch out for that one. Honestly, no idea who I would take at Bama minus four. Um, let's see. Florida. Ooh, LSU minus wow. nine. Nine and seven, a half. I, yeah, open at seven and a half. I'd be curious to know if that was seven and a half with Will Greer playing because that I would not if – if Greer hypothet, – hypothetical just for – talk about the line for a second. If Greer was still eligible – It would be – If it was seven and a half opening, I would take the Gators. But – well, now, no Greer, yes, oh, but like, but like, LSU isn't going to blow people out unless they're really bad. Like, yeah, I, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, I, I think Florida, I, Florida can win this game with Treon Harris. I honestly believe that. I don't expect it. But I kind I of, I kind of agree with you. I mean, I think McIlwain's a better have, X's they have and O front coach. Seven that can contain Fournette, and Harris is not good, and they can make Harris have to do something. But can they? Can can or Brandon Harris? I mean, can they, make, they have to make Brandon Harris do something for LSU. Can Treon Harris for Florida do anything though? Ugh. I think. It's a low. What's the under, what's the over under forty six? That's the that's the easiest bet. Well, under forty six. I don't know. 20, yeah. twenty three each. Twenty four twenty four sounds high though for this game, doesn't it? Uh, twenty four twenty sounds about right to me, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Because I think I mean you know Fournette's probably going to either score two touchdowns or put them in the position to score two touchdowns. Florida uh, just played a twenty one to three game on the road. In a, in a big letdown spot too. They won twenty one to three in a letdown spot. So that's, letdown they're, they're going to be they're going to be up for LSU. But they're but you know, no quarterback. It's, you would add offense, subtract quarterback. Let's call it twenty even for Yeah, I like I like Treon Harris, Brandon Treon Harris versus Brandon Harris. I like the under probably. Yep. But we'll just see how the running games go. Um, next line I got here is Georgia minus sixteen hosting Missouri. Wow. I, I, I almost like, I, almost like, yeah, almost like Missouri there. Yeah, sixteen. You, but I, I mean Georgia will win, I think, easily because this no is the Chubb game. and Grayson Lambert's not that great. Although the best pass but he they got threw, threw best pass he threw the whole season got straight dropped by Davis. I mean that yeah. was. I just oh. I think this is a game where Georgia gets to right the ship a little bit, but I don't know if they're gonna beat by sixteen. I don't know. Yeah. Um, moving on along here, uh, Vanderbilt giving South Carolina two and a half points might have to uh, might have to jump on the doors on that one. Carolina opened minus eight. It's gone to two and a half with with Spurrier. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wish I had Vandy plus eight. That'd be a great bet. I feel good no about that. Joke. I think Vanderbilt wins that game. I do too. I, I think Vandy's straight up. Yeah, um, you I've, gotta t- you gotta take him for personal reasons. Too, it's so. very true. I've actually won some money on Vanderbilt this season. They've uh, they're a little better than Vegas. Mason, uh, Vegas Mason has has improved them, and he will he will definitely get another year. And it'd be I think he I mean just see if he can take him. He's to, doing an okay job. I thought they looked pretty good at Oxford. I was, I was at that game. I thought they looked pretty good. They're co- they're coached well. Yeah, and no, they play, no so doubt they play so, well. 
as an, as an AD, you look at that and say, okay, I'm going to I mean, consider, consider the fact that when they got to Oxford, they had already lost to Western Kentucky and Georgia, and it was only game four. Like he, it, was, it was tough to get them to play as well as they did in Oxford against a, a, a number three ranked team. I think he did a good job. Um, next, Ole Miss Memphis. Yeah, I was about to get to Open it. Next game in there. Now at ten and a half. For Ole Miss, yeah. I mean, I'm not touching this one, but. I don't bet because I think a 10-point win is quite possible. Um, The over-under at 69, though, I will say my lock of the week is the under for this. Yeah, I I agree with that, too. Um, I think Ole Miss is going to score a lot, but I don't think Memphis scores more than 24. I think Ole Miss holds Memphis. They hold them to 17 or 20, and they score in the low 30s. Yeah, that that sounds right to me. 20. Yeah, it's gonna be a different game uh, for sure than last year's game, which was a largely defensive struggle. I think this is gonna be an offense on offense, but I think Ole Miss's defense, uh, even in its current state, is much better than any defense Memphis has played yet this year. Um, and I think Ole Miss's offense is much better than say Cincinnati uh, or some of the other teams that have scored over fifty on Memphis. So I. You know, it's easy to say it's a trap game and everything we talked about earlier in the show about how emotional they're going to be and the energy and all that. Um, but on paper, it makes no sense for Ole Miss to lose this game. Yep, I agree. A couple other quick non see lines until you yell at go me. On, Notre Dame on. opens as a two, now six and a half. I think you take the Irish there because Cal, Southern Cal has lost their coach. Although, if Southern Cal comes out and wins this game, it tells you everything you know about Sarkeesian. Yep. So maybe you don't touch that as I think through this. Ohio State opens a three-touchdown favor against Penn State at home. Now it's only 17. Um, Penn State's won five in a row since losing to Temple to start the year. Can they keep this close? I'm tempted to say take Penn State. Maybe Penn State being a good bet is because Ohio State, they haven't been able to blow anybody out all year, but we'll see. I don't know. Nothing really jumps at me this week, to be honest. Um, no, I'm taking. I'm locking my bets in now. I'm taking Kentucky State and Vanderbilt, and none of them are really that exciting to me. Yep, yeah, I'm just trying to see if there's anything else that makes says. I mean, I have friends that are taking Memphis. Um, these are all Miss fans, by the way. But that's really more if you're one of those people that you know wants that emotional hedge bet, where you know even if my team loses, at least I'll make some money or something. It's not necessarily, I'd say, um, an airtight bet. Okay, I just want to ask you this one. Michigan, Michigan State, what do you think it opened at? Michigan, Michigan State, I I, I can't because I've already seen it. I know that oh. Michigan, Michigan's favored by like 10, right? They opened as a three. Now it's I have it at eight here. Yeah, I, mean, I was I was surprised without that. A ton of money movement. on Michigan, which I I think Michigan went. I almost want to go back to Michigan State now. It's an eight-point bet. I think I keep within a touchdown, but yeah. Um, let's see. Hey, I just don't. I don't see anything that's really that great this week, to be honest. I agree. Um. So yeah, that's that's pretty much the line. Oh wait, this wait, week. wait! I lied. I lied. Texas Tech minus thirty-one at Kansas. Take Liam. That's the best thing on this board. Minus thirty-one at Kansas. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I might have to go back in and uh, throw up some style points. Yeah, no doubt. And we know Kansas isn't going to stop them. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's our show guys. Thanks for listening. Um, we're very glad to have Larry B. Tunsil back, although I'm a little worried that, uh, we're going to ruin everything if we lose this weekend, but hopefully Ole Miss gets out of Memphis healthy and with a win, 
uh, gets to put for the first time, you know, their best offense on the field versus A and M in what should be a great game. Um, yeah, we're looking forward to being there for that. Yeah, I know. I know, John, you're going to be in town for the welcome show. Tunsil back to the. Uh, it's going to be a great atmosphere. Um, it's going to be a really good game. So I'm I'm pumped for that one, no doubt. Uh, Cubs and LCS. Oh when yeah, before part. before we end, I yeah the the Cubbies defeated the Cardinals in uh in four games, won the series three one. Um, it was pretty cool, man. You know, my, my as a Cubs fan, my first season as a Cubs fan, I, I feel pretty lucky already. But uh, the thing that worries me about the Cubs is the offense is like all home runs, and as an Ole Miss baseball fan, I know that that's kind of not sustainable. Um, looking just at last year, for instance. But uh, we'll see what happens. Should be playing either the Mets or the Dodgers. I'm hoping for the Mets. I don't really like the Dodgers that much. Um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, John, your team, I know, just got eliminated, sadly, by the Blue yeah, Jays. Yeah, the Rangers got eliminated. You know, they made it. They won a division, which nobody really thought they would this year. We can join the best fans in baseball, the Cardinal fans, and exactly. our offseason now. Yeah, your season lasted uh, a day longer than the Cardinals, so that's yeah. that's that's consolation. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, guys, that's going to do it for us here on Land Sharks After Dark. Uh, follow us on Twitter at SharksAFTRDark. Uh, Facebook, our website, LanceArcsAfterDark.com. Uh, you can follow John and I on, on Twitter if you want. Um, just whatever you guys want to do, you know. If you're going to be in Memphis this weekend, uh, tweet, at, tweet at me. I'll, uh, I'll try to meet up and we can hang out. I'm going to be in Liberty Bowl. Um, my first Liberty Bowl experience, I believe. So looking forward to that. There you go. That's it. Um, yeah, guys, thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, we're going to talk to you guys next week. All right, hotty toddy.